So welcome, guys. Welcome back to The Pood Show. Today we have a special guest who I've been introduced by one of my close friends, Sabita. <laughs> so, um, who, yeah, so Sabita's introduced us. Um, so I give it to Cowboy Baines. Thank you Peter, for having <laughs> me on your podcast. Okay. Um, my name is Calbia Baines. I am the author of a book called Not Our Daughter, The True Story of a Daughter-in-Law. In the book. And um, <laughs> a human rights activist. And yeah, it's just a journey that I've done. Thank you for that, Calbia. So, yes, yeah, so going back to um, Calbia introducing herself, I met Calbia through one of her friends, one of my good friends called Sabita. Um, and she introduced us and she said, I've got the best person you for, for a podcast. And she was like, do you remember when I was discussed Cowboy? And I was like, yeah, you did. A few years ago, she did. Yeah. Um, she was like, I'm going to introduce to her. She's reliable. She's consistent. She's really good. And I was like, okay, like, let's do this. <laughs> what um, version has she met with me? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, because I, I told her a bit about like a few podcasts that they fell through and stuff. And she was like, I've got the best person for you. So she went out and I remember literally that day or the day after she she messaged you. Um, and then um, then also she told me about the book. You, you told me a bit about it. So at the moment, I'm reading Not Our Daughter by Cowboy Baines. I am on page 64. And the only reason I have, I've left it for that long because I have been ill. Yeah, no, yes, okay. and Cowboy knows that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm so I shouldn't throw any quizzes and questions, right? Past 64 past pages. Past page 64. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Like I... I'm, I'm, I've read a little bit about also your background stuff and um, I'm also dyslexic so it takes me a long time to read stuff yeah. and understand um, but I'm really really enjoying this and you know what it is like for someone who's dyslexic it's very um, it's really straightforward to read like easy it's very easy yeah. and, and that's I think that's one of the best things about it yeah um, because I since I've been young I have difficulties with reading and just like focusing mainly in the word jumps everywhere yeah. and stuff isn't it so you know yeah um but yeah so i do recommend you guys who purchase this book and um, ever since i've put it up on my instagram a lot of my friends girl mates asian girl mates have said i want to read this because i feel like i'm this and i'm like you know what you don't even know half the stuff <laughs> but they so after i read this um i'm going to be passing on to my friends as well okay so yeah, it got a lot of attention. Trust me. <laughs> so <laughs> the title, something to do with the title. It was it was literally the title, not our daughter, the true story for Druid Law, and literally so many of my girlmates like, oh, that should be me, and I was like, you haven't even read the book. No. Can like, I give a story about the title? So the yes, title of course, comes from. Of course, do you yes. know the Punjabi saying that they have like when a girl gets married, huh. and I growing up, I constantly heard this when I saw older cousins getting married. Yeah. And it was very much, um, you know. Yes. in a Punjabi household, which yeah. translates to be be like a daughter, not a daughter in law in our home. Yeah. And for me, it was like, well, not everyone goes through a bad journey. Yeah. You know, there's you know a percentage that does. And people have successful arranged marriages. People have successful yeah. love marriages. They do. And, you know, that whole thinking of you're not um, not our daughter, the true story of a daughter-in-law, you know, so each person can relate to it, take what they want from it. And the title came from that Punjabi phrase of just hearing it constantly growing up because everything's measured around marriage. Yes, it is, it is. And we're going to get into that about everything, success, everything's measured around marriage, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, so we are going to get into it. So thank you for sharing, obviously, the title of the book because I realised that I kind of, I understood it straight away when you said, no, I do what, and because... It's true because they always say that like when you go into a household, when you get married and stuff, you should be a daughter. But there's one thing being a daughter, but there's another thing getting treated like one as well. Yeah. And it's very and like you said, in every household is not the same. Sometimes there are marriages and I've seen some of my friends and their in-laws are amazing. Yeah. 
and then you get you get the mediocre and then you get the complete opposite yeah isn't it so it just depends and i feel like it's really rare that someone else can treat you like a daughter because yeah. how your own parents treat you is very different. Do you know what I've witnessed? And I've witnessed this within my own family unit and friends and stuff. I have friends and family that have had successful marriages as well. Yeah. And, you know, um, some that live with them, some that live without them. And I mean, yeah. one of my cousins who I, you know, adore and I get on with, and I've always said this to her, you're the one person I look up to, mm-hmm. married for 10 years, living with her in-law still. But then how that was worked is compromise, compromise yeah. in every direction. Yeah. You know, so anything that does work, when you look at something that's working, even a, a relationship between two couples, or even a friendship. Yeah. It's, you know, years of compromising, understanding, taking the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what any relationship's about. And when yeah. it fails, it's failed because there was a bigger stuff of your, gr- your foundation wasn't strong enough. Yeah. And that's just spot on. And it's yeah. <laughs> lack of communication, lack of trust, lack of number of things. Yeah. And that was what something that had gone through my personal journey, mm-hmm. which I saw with the women before me as well. Yeah. And I just had enough that I just wanted to talk about things. Yeah. And why not? Because at the same time, when you talk about things, other people like you you open doors for other people because people will be feeling the same way as you but then some look in our, in our, in, our in our culture girls are not allowed to really speak a lot yeah we shouldn't be outspoken Why? because we'd be taken in the wrong way so even when you're saying about the girls so my cousin that lives with her in-laws i mean they've she said that to them that was one of the things that she said yeah. she said you know if you and they said we would love you because they haven't got a girl in their household at yeah. all oh, so she was boys. the first girl coming into their home and yeah. she said and i remember when she got engaged uh in-laws said to her we want you to live like a daughter in our home. So we want to know what we can do to make you feel comfortable. Yeah. She said, well, don't, don't just say it. Treat me like one. Yeah. Treat me like one. Yeah. And again, she's been treated so equally to the boys. Yeah. And, you know, where if the boys went out, she was like, it wasn't allowed out, but she was out with them. She was and it was a case where, okay, if she's doing something, she'd communicate and she'd be like, I'll be back at this time. But they never questioned it. And she goes, but that came with time, trust, yeah. you know, having certain conversations that were uncomfortable for us because even she goes, naturally, she'd put pressure on herself mm-hmm. because thinking, you know, again, because we're so drilled as women mm-hmm. that we have to be, what is a perfect daughter-in-law? And, you know, what, where, where like, where's the manuscript for this perfect daughter-in-law? Because I'd love <laughs> to see is, it. Yes, and it's evolved and changed so much. And it's family to family that it, uh, the standards changed by. Yeah, they do. So yeah. then it's like, what is a perfect daughter-in-law? And she goes, I, she started putting pressure on herself. Mm-hmm. And she, how she expressed that to me and shared it with me. And she goes, and then I got talking to friends and other family members. And they've all said, subconsciously, as women, we have put pressures on ourselves yeah. to be this perfect person. And not that we're... It's just, it's happened because you're stuck between your mother's generation and your own generation. Oh, yeah, and there's a big gap. There's a big gap. Big gap yeah. And you're trying to please everyone. And whilst you're doing that, you're losing a part of yourself in the process. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what? You, you couldn't have said it better. And that's what happens. And that is one of the topics that we're going to kind of discuss for the next like half an hour-ish that we, people in our community just want to please um, society. Yeah. And you lose yourself. Yeah. To be honest, if I tell you the truth, when I worked, when I was at policy advisor, when I worked at the home office, everyone's very different to me. And I tried to adjust to them and try to be like them. And I lost myself completely. That It just made me depressed and I, and, I, and I didn't like it. That I had to go. Because what you're doing is in the process, you're losing your true authentic self to yeah. please people around you. Yeah. And that's something I did. I remember, may that be, that was actually in my marriage. I did where mm-hmm. it was just where, you know, again, being a fashion designer was great. Yes. However... 
then living that life in the sense where going abroad, going to late night events with um, fashion shows and stuff was like, oh, look, I need <laughs> in the lead, the Kabaria. You know, that whole what are people gonna say because she's out till late. Yeah. You know, and it was like, and I remember when I was taking my first business trip, and yeah. it was like, well, you can't go. He has to accompany you. Where did hang on? Where did it say that <laughs> in the marriage manuscript? Because I was a bit baffled because it was like when I was, I'm going through the engagement process. Everything yeah. was like, oh wow, she works there, and it was. Yeah. But I do remember him ringing me up once because I went to an after party after a fashion show. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, is this a regular thing? And I said, yeah, every so often here and there, depending yeah. on the is season or whatever and what, what yeah. it is. And yeah. he said, well, I don't think my mum and dad will be happy. And at the end, uh, you're so in love with someone that you miss the red flags. Yeah, you do. But uh, that, that's what happens. We do. Um, do you know why? It's because we want to see the good in someone. And and I think as humans, it's it sets us back because... And I then, think lack of confidence as well. It's like yeah. wanting something because I was engaged and I was thinking, oh, it's okay, it's going to be fine. That was one of my red flags and I knew it. I did know it subconsciously, yeah. but I, I brushed it under the carpet and I thought, you know, that whole Punjabi saying, Jalaho, next time. But yeah. that Jalaho, how many Jalahos are all red flags are you going to collect until you, fig- you start collecting red flags that are regular that you fail to carry green flags, flags and understand them? Yeah. And that's the bit that really baffled me as a person. So I think there was things I knew subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And again, I saw my mum in my mum and dad's relationship dismiss a lot of things. And yeah. when you see things from your parents' generation, you're like, that's probably just normal. But you don't realise because you don't know any different. That isn't normal. No. And as women, there's lack of self-esteem that's brought up in us as our upbringings, yeah. um, especially being from a childhood from a broken home mm. it was very much you put other people's needs before your own yeah and I think as an adult I recognize no I need to put my own needs first course, I need to know what I like what I don't like the moments in my journey where I've been content and happy is the moments where I've been true to myself yeah and you're at peace and at because peace. you're so content yeah and everything yeah. flows there's yeah. no resistance whereas I found there was constant resistance in that relationship from the word go and he was trying to please him and his parents constantly where I'd completely lost myself. And like you said, going into a work environment, going into any other environment, yeah. you lose your identity you do. or you become a people pleaser um, because you don't know, how, you're trying to fit in. You're doing so much to fit in. Yeah, honestly. And, and then you just sit back for a little while and you think, what am I doing? Yeah. You just have to reflect and say, this is not me. I don't like this. I don't, there's one thing, trying new things yeah. and being open to to you know a different hobby or different person or you know different perception about stuff but then there's there's the second part that okay i'm just losing myself at the same time i'm like losing like my principles and morals yeah and values and your values and i think once you lose that then i think then then that's it and then what does that say about you as a person isn't it and i think that's with everyone i think as humans, we always try and please, 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 and especially Asian girls in 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 South in the South definitely. Asian communities, no matter you know religion and stuff you are, it's just about pleasing. But I don't think in this world, no, it, no one will be ever pleased yeah. because if it's not one thing, it's something else. But then I find um, there's lack of um, awareness within the South Asian community in girls where we got to bring them up with self-esteem and confidence is yeah. one thing but however it's not just self-esteem and confidence because I do stuff if you don't mind me mentioning mm-hmm. I volunteer with the, um, the Sharon Project charity we mm-hmm. go into schools and colleges yeah. and talk to kids about um, what 
you know, healthy relationships are just by starting that conversation of what is love. I've gone in and I've gone like, how would you describe what love is to you? Mm -hmm. And a lot of girls assume, especially if I've seen in the South Asian community, straight away it's linked to a boy. And I'm like, no, <laughs> if anything, oh so my God, fun. I love the way my mum, like my nanny puts, you know, daily in my hair, oil in my hair. Yeah. Um, I love the way my mum makes my favourite food. Yeah. Love is in, you know, described in so many different ways and different forms. Yeah. But it's funny how it's always associated with a boy. Yeah. And again, it's that lack of self-esteem and confidence within yourself to understand. So when I'd gone through my journey, I had to do a lot of unlearning to understand f new patterns and revalue my values to understand who I am as a person. Yeah. And then on top of that, it was like, so when you go into schools and college, you do that. I see lack of self-esteem. I see um, lack of awareness mm -hmm. of in girls. You know, um, people think, oh, let's, because to bring the self-esteem, let's bring, um, you know, let's teach them like some sort of like, karate or some sort of you know um some sort of like sports activity yes you should do that however boundaries yeah um conversations at home yep. and boundaries especially teaching them this is something i learned later on after my divorce where actually no means no yeah no means no and i don't want to do that because i'm not feeding to it i don't want to um you know even like growing up i'll use an example any relatives came around may they be male or female you had to hug them I don't yeah. want to hug them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to hug we, them. We had to kiss, kiss them in the cheek and hug them. Yeah. yeah. Or you, it, was, it was a case where you had to come down to say, Sastrikal, yeah. what if I'm in my bedroom and I'm busy and I'm in the flow of doing something really important but to me? Do, we have but to I do had that. to stop that. Yeah. So this is where you don't realise you're doing these dysfunctional patterns, which then in adult hall, as you... Obviously, now there's more awareness around yeah. Um, yeah. safeguarding and other things and elements where you know, if the child doesn't want to do it, a lot of parents now wouldn't force their kids. No, nowadays. Because I think the next generation have understood. However, but there's so many things that they made us girls go through yeah. that we're now having to learn, unlearning that adulthood. I know I've spent the last decade doing a lot of that yeah. and, you know, an understanding and identifying. No, a boundary is there for a reason. And yeah. any healthy relationship may that be with a child, may that be with your partner, may that be with your friends, anyone, your work colleague, mm -hmm. there needs to be boundaries. Yeah. By having set boundaries and also them understanding where you're coming from, what your values are, yeah. you know, and you first of all being self-aware to know what your values are, to yeah, then being able to one. communicate them. And anyone that respects you as a person and believes that relationship is important to them will respect your boundaries and what your values are, that they wouldn't cross those lines. And if yeah. they do, they know what they're doing. They're self-aware and they think they can take, you know, advantage of that situation. No, this is relative, blood or not blood. Matter, yeah. I draw the line. Yeah, no, of course, 100%. And I've had to, have to, have to, to be, be able to get where I am today, to yeah. heal. And I think it's so important. And that's one of the things we do when we go to schools and colleges with young girls, talk about... Um, what is love? Taking it down to obviously talking about harmful practices within the South Asian communities. It could yeah. be leading on to, you know, make it, raising awareness around safeguarding around honor-based abuse, forced marriage, yeah. um, FGM and all these kind mm -hmm. of conversations which aren't very easy to do. But no. you have to drop a seed and plant it and allow it to grow in their own little minds in their own way and get them to understand if you were to fall into any of these these issues who would you call to for support and help yeah. you know who's there for you your teachers your peers your parents your you know the local authorities giving this information to them but there's a way of doing these conversations yeah. that's so important and I think when people go oh that doesn't happen in my community it happens in 
every, every single every, community. Yeah, exactly. The difference is the percentage is lower, let's say in the Punjabi community compared to like, the Muslim community, the Hindu community. Yeah. The percentages are different, yeah. but it happens in every single community. It happens. And, and I feel like it happens in different ways. Yeah. And, and I've always said like, for example, like in all the South Asian communities is like boys, can do what they want and obviously you know girls they have to be a bit mindful and stuff yeah. and obviously we're gonna we're gonna get uh we're gonna come to that as well and um and and i think it's everywhere so it doesn't matter which religion you are background it's it's is there it's there and it's just like it's just, it's done with a different approach yeah. i think and that's all it is abuse goes on around us every day yeah. regardless of where we are where we're working what we're doing mm -hmm. and it happens but the thing is may you be witness to it or not yeah. may you be aware of it or not you know accepting it or denying it fact is if you know it happens my question to you everybody is what are you doing to bring those conversations in your own home mm -hmm. to raise awareness to understand it happens even though you don't want to accept it but how can you bring about those healthy conversations yeah. rather than it being seen as a toxic subject let's close it down let's push it under the carpet because yeah. that makes the matter worse because if it was then to happen to someone you know may that be in your friends circle your family circle mm -hmm. how are you able to address those conversations and have those healthy conversations in a mature way without just dismissing it and I think being in denial is another dangerous thing because yes as you know from yes. working in the home office there's policies and procedures and government put things because they recognize the shift in society over the years yeah. and especially even if you look at I mean you know this I know this through mm -hmm. COVID yeah how much has happened so as much as the abuse is going on pre-COVID with honor-based abuse forced marriage yeah. um FGM tr human trafficking yeah um it all stopped once the flights and everything the world stopped yeah. however we all know this it's going to be at its highest peak now because yeah. the world's open back it's up, open back up yeah. and it's the risk going to be a lot more um there's gonna be a lot more abuse happening it's gonna be happening so because it's been parked up and just sitting there for the time the pandemic was yeah, happening that's a good two years because it was on yeah. and off on and off isn't so it? if you've got a human person they're trafficking into a country which you know like and then that person's been sat there and now they're at a value of something that's going to be yeah it's, the it's, movement's going to be happening it's but happen, then yeah. it's happening amongst people so it's we don't even know what, no. what's been happening around us so if you, you've mentioned how i know sabita i met sabita on um it's called the operation limelight the border force yeah. and yeah, ngos yeah. um, <laughs> charities and the home yeah. office yeah and police force um so a number of people get together mm -hmm. and i do that through the Sharon project okay when i started so that's how you have that connection connection yeah okay. and yeah. i'd met sabita but she'd had read my book which i hadn't a clue about okay okay and <laughs> she'd she knew that i'd gone to a couple of other sessions and the thing is you can't just volunteer it's okay. um they do a massive security check and things like that on you so she was like if she's turned up to the last two she might be at this one <laughs> so she turned up and then when we're yeah. there straight away she came and reached up to me and we just started talking and again this is where we raise awareness within the air, air um sorry the airport yeah. in the sense where looking at flights that are prevalent for fgm mm -hmm. looking at where human trafficking is going to happen where mm -hmm. honor-based abuse might be and certain communities certain flights we yeah, target yeah, yeah may that be arrivals or departure mm -hmm. um departure is great because you can prevent it happening and leaving your country exactly, yeah. um arrivals I'll use an example of what just happened. Um, this is just the 5th of January, mm -hmm. 2023. I was volunteering this year okay. with Operation Limelight so again. So less than like 
month and a bit ago. A month ago, yeah. just about six weeks ago. And basically what has happened is there was a gentleman on the flight mm-hmm. and he was looking through child porn okay. on a flight amongst on a people flight of, on, in, front, okay. in front of people around him. Yeah. A lady sat behind him or a gentleman, I don't know who yeah. it was, who reported it, um, saw the inappropriate stuff going on on their phone. Yeah. So went and reported it to the air stewardess. Air stewardess yeah. alerted the local authorities okay. on ground. Okay. So when we knew we were going to target that flight, mm-hmm. we weren't basically just sitting there. Um, we were stood to a side and we knew that was um, Alan, who's like the lead of the whole Operation Limelight, mm-hmm. was there with a group of people to, ready to first arrest this gentleman or take yeah. him to a side. Well, not arrest him, but take him to a side to be questioned and investigate the matter further yeah. before they take it down whichever avenue they need yeah. to. And what had happened was they pulled him off first off the flight and he thought he got this special treatment yeah. off the flight today, <laughs> not knowing that people around him have been observing his behaviour. And yeah. let's say if that passenger didn't report it. Yeah. And he was on child sites. On child sites. And looking for children. So say if he hadn't of reported that incident, you know, that's one person coming off a flight into this country and is thinking of how he's going to be, what he's going to be doing. And he's walking amongst, you know, through an airport. Yeah. There's kids, there's children, kids, yeah. there's other passengers, there's parents. They don't even know their child's at risk. Yeah, He's sitting on a plane with children. And he's openly doing that, and it, and again, it goes back to the whole awareness and yes. and and actually like, okay, this is wrong, so I'm going to do something about, about it. it, and it prevents other things that's going to happen. Escalate so yeah, escalate. straight away, he was investigated. He's obviously going to go down a different path than thinking the path he was going to take. You don't know who he's had conversations, connections, what he was going to do in this country. Yeah. So there's a number of things you've got to think about, and the yeah. risk, the complications that it have. So, I do that on a voluntary basis because the satisfaction I get out of doing that and raising awareness around safeguarding people just overall yeah it's such an achievement and i walk away from that when i do that it's feeling so high and meeting natural genuine people again connecting with genuine people with why they're there on that day because in between we're waiting for the flights to arrive we have a little chit chat between ourselves and we get to meet people build that build that connection with people and has been a very good friend ever since (laughs) and the the nicest thing i mean she's invited me around for mukhidi roti and saga that's one of my favorites (laughs) (laughs) i love this and then her daughter, Dear as well. I'm going to give a shout out to. Dear, um, yeah. And Ishan. Ishan as well, Ishan, yes. And Dear was like so excited to read my book. I remember like, I'm meeting yeah. the author. And, uh, just lovely as a family and her, you know, her yeah. whole family, her and her partner and kids and, and like parents. Her, sister, her parents, everyone. Is everyone. Lovely, She's yeah. just from like such a genuine yeah. person who's just given yeah. all her life to people and She's humanity. So positive as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just nice. I meet like-minded people through the work I do. Yeah. And I connect with genuine people again, yeah. true to myself. Yeah, exactly. Because you're on the same page, and you both both parties appreciate each other's values and, and principles. And the reason why is because they're very similar. Yeah. And and it, they say, isn't it, is who you attract is is because like the way you are. Yeah. Isn't it? Your so aura. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. And she's definitely into that, like the whole aura. And she always helps me out. And I always asks about moon questions and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> She's she's my spiritual mentor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need one of those yeah. always. 100%. <laughs> but um, you know, of course, see it's, uh, things like that we don't even know. Like I feel like sometimes in life we're so self-absorbed just with ourselves. Yeah. Not 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 saying that oh, we're selfish or anything. Well, some people can be, but 
it's like we don't we're not aware and i think as you grow up you are aware like um you know abuse and whether it's with people animals or just anything in general i think you just got you know when you're hanging out with people always ask if you're in tune with yourself ask your gut instinct this how do you feel when you meet that person and also (laughs) genuinely if you see them treating like just overall cats and dogs and humans yeah if they're how they are towards humans so funny if i'm just saying this now we're talking about we were just saying about child abuse now overall when we were talking about gender you know as girls as well that we've been brought up differently to boys a certain generation has yes let's accept that yeah and then the future generation aren't so i'm saying to future generation is as well as having those conversation in a healthy manner however teach your daughters how to put boundaries in Teach yeah. him also how to what the difference between a green flag and a red flag is. Yeah. You know, and also, you know, the abuse doesn't just happen to girls and women. It also happens to males. And yes, we know boys course. and men. Yeah, but the percentage is less. It's yeah. the percentage is way shorter compared to what happens to women. Yeah. However, recognize that. Mm. And it's like, okay, so what conversation do you need to have with boys as well? Yeah. You know, and it's about educating everyone. Uh, you know, may that be from generation to generation, may that be through like grandparents to parents to children, yeah, to how you have that conversation with each gender. And it shouldn't be any different. Yes, there should, there is going to be naturally a slight difference. And you know, when we talk about it, I remember you and I when we spoke on the phone, we were talking about you know the pressure on the girls to the boys, and the girls carry the family name, the honor, honor, yeah, the word honor, you know, and. My best definition to give you of that is, I'll use an example of this. Um, I haven't actually ever shared this. I've already shared it in like events and stuff I do where my nanny during the partition um, crossed the Pakistan and Indian border. And when they left home, so women were being groomed and raped during that time of the partition. I I I read about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what it was, she was given when they were leaving their home. So they were told to pick up a piece of fabric. It's yeah. called a jolly. Yeah. And, and that yeah, in there, a yeah. couple of outfits. So yeah. she goes, we picked up all um, four or five suits, okay. Indian suits. And yeah. she goes, one was our best outfit, yeah. which was your best outfit, basically. It was like probably the outfit they're going to get married in. Yeah. The best yeah. outfit. It was the mar- wedding outfit. Yeah. And then um, she was given poison by her parents. Poison. In a little kenti, yeah. If anything was to happen to you, you take that. Oh. And that's how much women carried their honour during mm. a time like that. Was you were giving your daughters poison because you didn't want them to get raped. You yeah. didn't want them to go through anything, anything where yeah. that that family's name and honour never got shamed yeah. on. Entirely. You take that, then take anything else. Yeah. And that's what parents did during a partition. Mm. And again, girls accepted. They didn't give poison to the boys. They didn't. They look at the difference between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, uh, yeah. And then okay. you know the comparison. And then I use mm. another one that um, a number of charities have used this, and I heard it. I remember the first time it was one of my first platforms I got recognised, which is ICRA. It's the um, Iranian Women's. Mm-hmm. Oh God, what's ICRA stand for? Iranian Women. Oh, now I'm gonna give me. I'm gonna pause. You're gonna have to pause this. <laughs> no, that's fine, that's okay, fine. so okay. Ikra, one of the charities I've got recognised yeah. for, and literally what had happened was, the founder of the charity, yeah, um, Diana, actually used this, and she said, "Women are um, like silk, men are like gold." Okay. Throw a man in mud, mm-hmm. and it washes off him very quickly. Throw yes. a silk, 
yep. in mud. <laughs> and you can't get the stains off it. No, you can't. And the two are different. They are. Very yeah. different. And then, you know, if you look at the whole situation with my, I remember my nanny shared that. We were just like, whoa, you were given poison. And That's, then, but yeah, because when you told me that, I was a bit like, okay. But at the same time, reverse the situation there's so much beauty in that moment as well like not in that moment but in during that partition I remember her also sharing to have a man's shadow over you was protection yeah so at a time like that she goes yeah you know it was seen as the highest honor the, highest the honor fact then, you yeah. got your daughter married and you got a man's shadow and you had a was, voice as a woman. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you had a voice you, as a yeah, woman in yeah. 1940s. 100%, yes. And you know, that's the difference. And time has evolved. Yes. You know, um, women have become like so progressive and we've become educated. Women weren't educated back then. No, My no. nanny was, however, she had an education, but she had to leave her education, everything for during the due to the partition, due yeah. to marriage. Yeah, there was a lot going on back then. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's. That's what I mean. You've got to see. And when she said to have a man's shadow was an honor, yeah. she used the same word honor. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's such a strong way to describe it. Yeah. And, you know, she makes sense back then. Yeah. So it? she said she goes, you yeah. could go to the local bazaar with respect. You can be you can sat, sit in a family and function with respect. Yeah. You know, you were you were basically they'd pull the chair out if you were you know married and you've got yeah. the shadow of a man. Got that. Yeah, yeah. But she goes, the minute you hadn't got the man's shadow. You were seen as nobody. You weren't even seen as a first class citizen, a fifth class citizen, in fact, sorry. Oh, wow. Fifth class citizen, she said, you weren't even seen. And so she goes, that chair wouldn't even get pulled up for you. Yeah, like, so basically in their eyes, you're not kind of respected. No. Isn't it? So marriage yeah. was, and I understand where marriage over the years, to get your daughters married, it is seen as like an honour. It, it is, is seen as like is. you've done your achievement. They get the girls married at first, <laughs> even even though she's younger. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? To a certain extent, I, I, I do agree with that. Sadly, Jumabariya. Yeah. Jumabariya and Jetliya, that kind of scene. And you're like, wow. And you know, and everything was measured by marriage. So... Using my example, sorry, it's yeah, yeah, just no, where okay, my mum was a divorced parent mm -hmm. and there were three girls. Yeah. Then there was my brother who was yeah. the youngest. And, you know, it was like, I remember when we turned 16 straight away, the dish they started coming in. 16. We wanted our education. <laughs> we were like, yeah. I want to get married. And it was literally like, you know, um, they did all that emotional blackmail on my mum. Yeah. And they're so good at that, our, our community, emotion blackmail. Like they, they, <laughs> it's like they got a degree in it or something. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like these aren't coming around and going, look, and they, they use the excuses. Yeah. Or they go and do something, the shame they're going to bring on the family, get them married young. Don't put them in that system of education. You know, then they're going to get too wild. Just, just was, get them married off young to had, prevent anything else happening, basically. I remember yeah. hearing conversation with the women in our household and it was my mom's sister her sister-in-laws and there was like you know other auntie are coming yeah. around and these bloody aunties <laughs> having their little two pennies worth and giving and they're just like random like family friends they're not even like directly yeah. related to you yeah. so yeah. the majority of them were off my road and there were some nice ones in the bunch as well i've got to say as yeah. well as there were some nut jobs <laughs> the one i remember was the nut job she had to take she had to come through our door through the side because she was so big and she was the one that said to my mom i remember i remember being in the kitchen and hearing this conversation yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Why do they always think that the girl would run away? I really don't understand. What are we going to run away from? We've And the thing is, we're, we're running where, where we're going to live. Yeah. What are we going to eat? What are we gonna, all, how are we going to work? You haven't bought us financially independent. Do you yeah. even think so about running away? Yeah. 
it's always that case she's gonna run away but to where? Yeah. And where are we gonna run away? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I had a part-time job as a phrase and I had to give the like looking at my mum wasn't one of the parents that took your wages off you but however yeah you budgeted yourself mate life was yeah. difficult enough yeah do you know what I mean course, and that, yeah, yeah. that's what I mean I just didn't get it you're right I didn't get where it was like any where, where it was them creating fear from? also these aunties are very clever it was yeah. them creating that fear in your mum so that their kid doesn't excel when I look back on yeah, it, yeah, that actually makes sense. It really That's was because you got to remember, yeah. some of them felt right, insecure right. because they don't know any different, and yeah. she hadn't sent her daughter to college, okay. and it was like, if you send yours, she's she's gonna excel, and then she'll eventually she'll get yeah. married when the time comes. Yeah, the so one, she will have everything on her plate. Yeah, yeah. and the ones that had encouraged my mum, their kids had and daughters have been to uni. Okay, do you see the difference? So yeah, there is a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not yeah. knowing the the unknown, and then also, what if her kids do better than my kids? It's that kind of it's, it's that whole oh that competition that comes in again, and it's like, but why can't we just do good as each other? And yeah. everyone excels in different different areas, yeah. right? And yeah, and you know what? I always realize, and that's going back now. It's it's pleasing society, society, and we kill ourselves just to please society, just to oh. I'll fit in with them. Oh, you know, we will get along. But for how, for what and for how long? Do you know my mum, and I'm going to say this, this is where I like that phrase, oh, that, that phrase kills our community. What are people going to say? Right? Yeah, it kills us, isn't it? So yeah. what happened was, growing up, and I saw this constantly, where my parents were in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. We knew it, we saw it. Yeah. We went to weddings and functions. And again, you know, my mom would give us a little pet talk. I remember this one occasion where my yeah. mom had a wedding on her side of the family. Yeah. We were going to Derby mm -hmm. and um, we got to the wedding. And I remember my mom gave us a pet talk before we got there saying yeah. that you're not gonna say your dad's um, not at home or we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. going through what we're going through at home. Yeah. You're gonna tell everyone at the wedding that he's at work. You know, you put up this front yeah, like a persona we're going to put up at and family functions. Yeah, yeah, family functions and everything. And it started with that, then started with people, you know, whoever came around, the selected people you would tell, all the people you won't. If somebody came around, Brony, you know, guests came around, you kind of go, oh, come there. Yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me. And then, so they perceived him to be this hardworking husband yeah. who's catering for his wife and his four kids. And he's always at work. He's always at work. Yeah. Busy, busy, banda, both busy. But nobody knew the banda wasn't at home. Yeah. And he was never there. And if yeah. he was throwing his weight around, toxic and drunk, yeah, like right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you right, know, there yeah. was like, there was a number of things we saw as kids that nobody saw. No. And yet we weren't allowed to speak about it because of shame it's going to bring. Yeah. And the shame it's going to bring on my mum. Yeah. Who's because going through is, the abuse. It's, it's going to go all on her and everyone's going to be talking about it. And her. again, so, yeah. a man lives a woman. Yeah. And every time yeah. she picked up the phone to ask for help from family, and yeah. I remember my nan even saying this, yeah. that whole phrase, and it's like, where does it stop? So you yeah. first go to shut up and put up with the views. You know, you've first got a girl, she didn't have a son. Then she had my brother. Mm -hmm. Then they thought the abuse would stop. Did it? No. no. Carried on. If anything, bless. I remember growing up as a child and thinking, I mean, he was very young when they divorced. And, mm -hmm. you know, does he have good memories of dad and mom? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Because mm -hmm. I remember him before he came along. There was moments he was great. He was a great father. Yeah, yeah, you're saying that. Yeah. But then I also do clearly remember, and I have these conversations with my dad as an adult now, mm -hmm. that he was very toxic as well yeah, and very yeah. unhealthy. And their relationship was unhealthy. Yeah, it was unhealthy. Um, you know, and people may want to accept it or not. That's their choice. And reflecting back, 
I've been privileged to be that voice for my mum mm-hmm. because she still wouldn't speak out about it. Yeah, and and that's that phase again. It just yeah. and you yeah. know what? In that whole say, saying, "ek job so sok," there's ek job so sok in yeah. a situation where you need to be, but where you're yeah. allowing the abuse to go on. Mm-hmm. And she didn't go through domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. It was domestic violence my mom went through, and this is the thing that upsets me. You know, she'd have bruises and stuff. We'll go to a wedding and function. She'll cover it with a, a cardigan, and it was going on, and people knew, and the people that knew were like hiding it with her and putting this front up and mm-hmm. this act up and then mm-hmm. again we did it at school where our friends at school didn't know my mom and dad were divorced and every time friends asked at school me and my sister would go yeah <laughs> dad just works like night shifts or he's a builder and he just works or yeah. that's why you haven't seen him. you we as children started living this double life and you know kind of just lying until i got to college i then opened up more yeah because i had a new circle of friends i could open up to that didn't know where i've come from and also they're my group of friends and it's what I choose to open up yeah. and I opened up in my own way to those friends yeah. and that's when I started living my true self yeah with age you realize because like you said before you unlearn things and yeah. I've always said to people unlearning is a form of learning a form of healing as well he- oh 100% healing oh that that comes really and I think yeah. also none of my college friends were indian I've got to just say that. Okay. I had, because I did fashion, I was on a, a very mixed, oh, diverse so group of friendship. Did, did groups diverse, yeah, yeah. And you know what? It was so lovely and refreshing where, again, they didn't see it as anything. <laughs> it was like, yeah. okay, so, and again, being dyslexic, and it was where I was struggling with assignments. They could see I was really great with my creative start of the work, but my theory, I wasn't. Yeah. So yeah. what can we do to help you? And they recognized my dyslexia. They're the ones that brought it to my lecturer. That's really good. That's yeah, really good. and there yeah, was that yeah. to me. I had the great support of friends around me, and my that was my community, and literally them, me opening up to them. Yeah, they gave me the support. They encouraged me to go to uni. That is really good. And you know, it's, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have got a degree if it wasn't for those group of friends. And we're still friends till this day. And even on the way here now, yeah, we have like we call ourselves. Um, do you remember that store called um, Bernardo's? I think it was. Yes. Before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, United Colors of Bennett's. Yes, when, United yeah, Colors yeah, of Bennett's. I remember that one. So that's yeah. our WhatsApp group. Yeah. And all of us are on there. And I was just sharing with them that I'm on my way here. And yeah. one of our friends has just had her first day of going back into work, into teaching. She wants to be a teacher. Yeah. And she had a, te- a student with the same name as her. And this student, she goes, I lighted her little face up. <laughs> and, you know, and we still talk to this day. Yeah, and make the nice time out. And these yeah. are my genuine real friends my uni friends my college friends they're ones that you know really I'd opened up and been my true self to them yeah and they because of like your friendship and the way they were is who you are today yeah and that's what I've always said to people that like the people that are on you know from your journey because I realized like you learn everything and you go through phases in all in your 20s and by the time you get to like 30s and stuff like that you become this evolved person and it's who you are isn't it so what I found yeah. with myself was my journey. I went from doing that. And then when I got married, yeah. I went through the abuse. I started hiding it like my mom. Okay, but then th- that's what we've seen since we've been, we, it's, and isn't it? We've witnessed that, we modeled that. Yeah. That's so what it is. what had happened was, and that's when I started losing myself again. Yeah. And I realized it wasn't again. I know I watched it as a child watching my mom hiding it. Yeah. I'm doing the same thing. But this time I wasn't just hiding it. I was even hiding it from my mom. You that hear was it from a, your mom as well. Uh, my okay. mom as well. Yeah. And I think when you look at these dysfunction patterns, yeah. and that's all you know, and again, your self-esteem, your confidence, 
you don't know who to call to again because I saw her reach out to family. Yeah. I thought, is it good for me to reach out? I even questioned that. And when I did reach out for help, again, it wasn't because these people, all they've known as may that be family or friends, all they know is their way of dealing with it is again, shut up and put up with it. And very, very yeah. much where we hear you, but there's nothing we can do for you yeah. other than listen. And I mean, some individuals listened and even gossiped afterward. Yeah. Some listened and were like, okay, we can be there to support and help you out. Some helped me to a certain point. And whoever helped me, I respect them. Yeah. However, yeah. they didn't have the correct toolkits to guide me properly. Yeah. And that's the thing. And sometimes you, when you do reach out to help for help, sometimes you think that the support you're going to get back is either going to... Well, they, put, they didn't realise... Yeah. They'd put me into more risk in, oh, at times of them, the guidance they gave me. Yeah, and if you yeah. look at it now, when even I'm talking to you about volunteering on Operation Limelight, the Sharon Project, yeah. um, you know, even any other platform that I volunteer and or anything I do with my, you know, through the book, the, all the opportunities I've come through. Yeah. The conversation is led through how can you safeguard an individual? And yeah. it's, you know, knowing the correct behavior, the correct yeah. method. Um, you know, there's a number of ways people can reach out for help and support. And even I say this to any friend that says, tells me they're going through something, listen, mm -hmm. take it on document it but you know you you can't intervene and tell them what to do what yeah. you can do is you know say to them when you're ready you tell me when you need me to pull the plug yeah. to give you that support if you want me to step in if you want me to report it if you want me to you know how do you want to because you've got to also ask that individual i wasn't asked i was always told Jala, and i remember the first time i said it it was very much oh it's his first time hating you doesn't matter it was almost dismissing my emotions and my yeah, feelings. But all of that gets dis dismissed because they think, oh, it's the first time, it's not going to happen again. But but that's what kept happening to my mum. Yeah, it, 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 it continues and it continues because that person thinks that it's normal and they, she's not going to say nothing, so I can just continue with it. Yeah, but the I thing is, they're also the people guiding you. They're saying to you, yeah. you know, that's first time, second time, third time, whatever. Yeah. Fact is, it should be like, okay, it's happened, right? Yeah. This needs to be dealt with, yeah. Like with yeah. a bit of, right? Profession. This needs to be spoken about. Needs to be called out the first time, mm -hmm. not the second, not the third, mm -hmm. not the fourth. No. By shutting it down, you're giving the the message you're giving to the person who's abusing the person is it's okay to abuse our it's child. Okay to abuse, yeah, yeah, and and that's what it is because you're without saying it. So indirectly, you are say, you are saying it. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, and. Like you said, it has to be dealt in a in 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 a certain manner. And going back now, what we're talking about boundaries. Yeah, and, boundaries. and that's what it is. And and I think South Asian girls we're not taught that. No, and this is where as parents, you know, so you say to your daughter, it doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, they lift a finger on you. That is your drawing line. Yes. that is it yeah right and yeah. after that i can proudly say today i've had relationships afterward and they've been nothing but healthy yeah because yeah. they've had boundaries in them and if i feel they've got toxic i'm sorry i've walked away yeah then you step away like i'm not going to put up with it because i'm not going to settle for less no. i don't deserve less no, no and i think that's another thing it's understanding so where people are like your comfort where does your confidence come from because I've taken that time to heal and understand all this and also mm. doing the work I do. I understand what appropriate behaviours are and what toxic behaviours are. Yeah. And it's recognising that and saying, actually, this isn't acceptable. Okay, this is. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's really important for parents to understand that, to give that to their child. That's the best you know, knowledge and wealth you can give to your kids yeah. is getting them to understand what is dysfunctional, what is toxic, what isn't healthy, you know, boundaries, and actually saying, okay, what is? And having those 
conversations, having those relationships for a person to understand that. Yeah. But do you know what it is? You're right on that. And there was a saying, um, and it said, like, you shouldn't start a family, get married and settle down if you're not healed. <sighs> and the thing is, people don't heal, though. Because then you're I bleeding on the next generation without them realising. Exactly. And and that's the issue here. Yeah. And people don't understand that. No one wants to work with themselves. And it's not about giving yourself an education or, you know, going to certain classes. Yeah. Or, it's trauma you know, passed down. Yeah, literally. And and he, working on yourself is a whole different element. Element. It's a whole different element and people don't understand that like I've worked in different places and you know I've gained confidence but the confidence I've gained working on myself is totally different and and people don't understand that they just again like you said they brush everything under the carpet okay what's the next thing okay and then again they measure marriage with success yeah okay you know I've done my little bit I've worked and I've done a bit of education and now I'm going to do that but then from that time that up to you get married but what what else have you done and, and and that's what one of my friends said as well. She said, like, she, we spoke about some of our other friends. We, like, so they're all 30 now, I'm 29. And they, they, she goes, up until now, what have you achieved? Okay, now you want to get married and stuff. But then what else have you done? And also, do you know another thing? Can I just say, because you've yeah. turned 29, do you feel the pressure, if you don't mind me asking yeah. you this question, because, oh, my God, I'm hitting 30. And then your parents as well and people around yeah. you. Oh, my God, you're going to be 30 next year. You should be settled down by now. Yeah. So, yeah, no, of course. So I'm not going to lie. So going back when I was in my mid-20s, I don't know why. I think because everyone around me was settling down, getting married, and then I thought I had to do it. And I was ignoring everything else. I like, ignoring, like, my career and, you know, my passions and stuff, what I needed to do, like, what I'm doing now. And and then I thought, oh, I need to get married. I need to get... And it's I, constant pressure about and marriage. Was, yeah, and I was then literally lockdown hit, and I started to focus on, you know, my podcasting, fitness stuff, everything. And I was like... If I got married, I won't be able to do this because no. a. Well, no, you yeah. should be able to. You should be yeah. able to if you but find the right partner. Right person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you will be able to do everything you want to do. Let's get that one right because that's something I've learned. You know yeah. something. You will be able to still do everything. Because let me use an example of another incident I had where I was part. I'm part of the Women of the Future Ambassador Program as well. Yeah. There was a there was another two lovely ladies I met and they're amazing on this platform. Yeah. And we'd gone into a school to do a talk and it was about dyslexia. Yeah. I spoke about my dyslexia and they spoke about the hurdles they've had in their career and what we were talking about obstacles we've had mm -hmm. to the, all these um, young girls. Mm -hmm. And um, one of them was a 26-year-old sitting next to me, a girl from India, Cambridge graduate. Uh, oh, yeah, my the phone, God. You told me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. was such an overachiever. And I yeah. turned to her at one point and went, wow, you're amazing. amazing. And yeah, I went, yeah, yeah. what you've done, you're on your MBE at Cambridge University. And I was like, and... I would, you know, love to be you yeah. at your yeah. age yeah. If, I, if that was me. And I had the head I got on my shoulder today, I wish I had it then at that age, yeah. at your age. And yeah. she said, uh, and I goes, even like you're so clued on. She turned to me and she went, do you know what the saddest thing she said to me? She went, but it measures up to nothing because I'm not, married. I'm not married. My parents don't think I'm, I've hit my achievements are anything unless I'm married. Yeah. And, and it's I like, went, that's a final box you have to take. Oh my God, when she said that to me, I went, what? I went, I'm just in ooh with you. Yeah. For the person you are and what you've gained, yeah. and the, the experience, the livelihood and qualifications at what university you're at. Wow. And the head you've got on your shoulders. Yeah. And you're telling me that you're not measured up to anything. So just... Before Christmas, yeah. she's got engaged and yeah. she's got married. And I actually <laughs> was on Instagram with her and I went, 
they got to be proud now. <laughs> you <laughs> they finally are. are. They finally are. And do you know what? It's so So true. sad. But then it's sad, yeah. It's, and this is what I mean, even when you're saying, like, you know, you've took that time in lockdown to focus on yourself. But I just to this, I And again, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I was like that in my 20s because I was yeah. never taught. Yes, I was I was doing all these achievements. I was this fashion designer. I was traveling. I was doing yeah. all this. Yeah. But never did I get a pat on the back to the point where my mum was proud of me, I've got yeah. to say. Yeah. However, it was just like the people were like, oh, who's going to marry her? Because the job she does. Oh, it was like yeah. constantly these obstacles because I'm not doing what every other Asian was doing at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like... Wow, the comments coming in. And then I felt the pressure, I'm not going to lie, because of coming up to, I was 26, 27. Yeah. Like, oh my God, all my cousins, everyone's getting married around me. I should be, I should be. Yeah. And you you end up picking the wrong person. And I know I did that. I'm taking full yeah. responsibility I there. just, I would just, yeah. yeah. I took, yeah. I take full yeah, responsibility. You, take, yeah, yeah, yeah. you kind of, the pressure from family, pressure my mum being a single parent. You know, I met this guy and what am I, I remember people around me going, you're not going to meet another guy like that. You better hurry it up. And all these comments. Like, how do you know that? How do you, <laughs> how, like, is that, is the that world the is your oyster. Yeah. But there's so many amazing people like, out there. Pe- yeah, exactly. And do you yeah. know what? It, at the time, I didn't see it like that. <laughs> but then again, it's because we, we only see what we've been told. And what's and, around you. And what's around box. us. Yeah. And do you know. Until we get out. Even it? when I got married and divorced, again, let's talk about society here. So yes. first you're not going to meet someone and then you meet someone, oh my God, you better run down that aisle. Yeah. Then it's like when you get married, <laughs> even though you're going through what you're going through and I, I broke away from it. Yeah. So even with my mum breaking away, look, and again, all the time, society, society, society. Yeah. Um, you know, you even when she did break away, who's going to marry your daughters? Da, 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 all this pressure they've put on her, the society overall, you know, that may that be family, may that be friends, may that be just in general people people yeah same thing with me so you know once I've got married I'm going through the abuse I'm wanting to leave my marriage Mm -hmm. it was very much where like if you leave him the shame it's going to bring on you because your mum's a divorcee you're going to be a divorcee and they're going to say yeah yeah that's what they're and I was like what and it constant this emotional blackmail this constant pressure do you know when I walked out thank god I did and I remember my mum's wise words when she brought me home she goes you better get thick-skinned yeah. She goes, because there's going to be people that are going to, you think that are your friends and your yeah. family, because they're going to be talking behind your back, talking yeah. to your face, yeah. saying things about you. And trust me, this world out there is ugly. Yeah, is and do you know truth. what? It was one of the best advice. That was the first night my mum brought me home. She goes, whatever you make a decision, whatever choice you make, because at the time we just separated. We hadn't even said we we're going to go for a divorce. Okay. We were going to, in my mind at the time, was we we're going to go for the process of working at things. Yeah. And she goes, but I'm telling you now, you if whatever choice you make, yeah out there is not nice it's, it's not nice and to be honest the world isn't nice but there are there are people out there that generally care that you, you do get them and you you do find them somehow yeah and and like you said like how we, we work on ourselves they and why aren't we bringing up daughters to be like you know what have your passion have everything and why aren't we praising those women just as much because why are we not praising those women to be like actually she's achieved that well done celebrating her achievement celebrating someone's wedding celebrating someone having a baby we are filled enough to celebrate everything yeah we should everybody in every way why is it a woman that's not married or decides that she doesn't want kids is seen as less of a person less because of, that's what it is in woman, society yeah I mean, especially yeah. and yeah. you know and it's because she's not <clears throat> definitely for a woman i agree yeah. why why is she seen any less of a person because i'll use an example i went home to visit the other day and i had one of my cousins was there coincidentally who i've not seen mm-hmm. for eight years and 
she challenged me and asked me this question. I knew where she's going to and I just didn't entertain it for the first few days. Third day, she threw the question at me and the question was, um, she goes, that Punjabi saying, and I went, speak for yourself because I'm very happy. I went like that. My response was, and she then turned around and she said, what? And I went, yeah. And I goes, people might be looking at me thinking I'm unhappy. I'm actually very, very happy. But that's what Regardless if I'm in a relationship or not, not in your business. But first of all, why are you assuming that a person that is single is, is, unhappy? is unhappy? Yeah, because you know why? This is and this is such a big thing. And me and my sister discussed this as well. Because people that are most, not all, people that are in relationships or marriage are unhappy. But then you That's know, it's knowing that there's yeah. people that are happy, but marriage is hard work. Is marriage hard work. is it hard is. work. Let's yeah. accept that. You know, I'm not having yeah, marriage. Yeah, no, but I'm going to be honest. Marriage <laughs> yeah. is hard work and it takes, you know when people say it's 50, no, it's 100% and you've both got to work at it. Yeah. yeah. And also you've got to remember within the South Asian community, there's layers of the connection of the family and the interfering of only every yeah. single person in your situation as well. Yeah. There's that as well. So marriage is hard, I feel. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think it's not. And, you know, marriage is hard. Being single is hard. It, but it's not. Nothing's hard. It's the way you perceive and see things. Yeah. And I've and got to the partner you have as well. Yeah. And yeah. the partner you have makes a massive difference. So, you know, like I've just said on on your show, I've had healthy relationships. Yes. yes right. And they've yeah. ended because we've either grown. I've had one incident where I've grown out of love. It was yeah. that simple. It yeah. was that and, simple. And it happens because we all change as people. Yeah. We yeah. evolve as people. So, you know, and you've got to be, there's got to be, there's healthiness in it and there's mm. there's toxic, but then that, just me again, recognising what's a toxic relationship, what's a healthy relationship. And that's, but then that also comes from, you know, being taught that and, and having that awareness and our parents and our family telling us that. Yeah. Because we don't, when we're young, we don't know from right from wrong. We don't know. We just see and hear and we think, oh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because we then we model that afterwards, don't we? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's what I mean for me was where like, when I look at it, Everything I've done, where I chose to write this book, mm-hmm. talk about... At the time, I wrote this book as a carry to Harleen. I didn't want to say it was my own journey. Yeah. So, you know, seeing things from mum's generation, Manan's generation, recognising things, recognising from my generation when it happened, why is it still going on? Yeah. What have we done to break that circle? And what have I done in, within my own home to bring that break that circle? I chose to speak up about it. Maybe people yeah. agree or disagree, that's their choice. Yeah. And But I know I wanted to talk about it and raise awareness. Then led me on from writing this book to, you know, diving into a number of things I do today around safeguarding and talking about, you know, conversation and raising awareness around overall mm-hmm. abuse, harmful practices. Um, and that's it. And I just think it's, you can't sum up if someone's in a, if they're single or they're married, which yeah. is good or which is bad. Because yeah. to be honest, there's been moments in my life I've been so happy and content as a yeah. single person. Yeah, there's been moments when I've been in a relationship and I'm like, oh my God, I'm in a great space. Yeah. But it was that part of my journey of my life. Yeah, exactly. And you can't, say one successful or better than the other but in yeah. our society overall we do measure up if you're in a relationship again Salman like Anni said there was that you know look on it it's the same thing because you think someone's in a relationship or oh, they must be better as a person or yeah. they're, they're doing great <laughs> they're doing better than you doing because but they're doing you're nothing. 29 and you're single yeah, yeah. you're not doing great no, 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 no. your friends are doing better because, because they're married they're all married yeah yeah it's true and it's down to yeah, that it's, it is I down to that it's I can do 100 things what I'm doing but 
I, I promised you, I told you the but truth. That's what my cousin said I'm not, to me. I'm, it's not recognised. You, you, it doesn't matter what you've done in this decade or what you've achieved or what you've done. The day I get married, I'll be recognised. I look at you. She went, she goes, then she said to me, she goes, you can't shut people's mouths up. I goes, no, what are people's mouths? You mean your mouth because you're the yeah. people that are gossiping. Oh, and oh. to me, it's sad because there is always someone ready to gossip about you. There's yeah. going to be someone always ready to talk about you. So always. you know what? I just think they're insecure and it shows, it shows the type of person they are. No. And you yeah. know what? They're, there's always going to be someone that's not going to be satisfied with you. You've got to first of all be satisfied with yourself. And it comes exactly. back to self-awareness exactly. and taking responsibility. And self-belief. Yeah, because even when that's things it. fell apart, like I, I put my hands up and say, you know what? I went through that situation. I picked that person as my partner. I take responsibility yeah, for that. Yeah. I'm not blaming anybody for it. But that's the first. That's the first step of healing yeah. because you've taken responsibility. And do you know what? You feel more content than when you sort of move. Because you know what choices you've made yeah, and what my yeah. role to, in that was to play. And actually, what I recognised was. I can spend the time blaming this person, but I've chosen to go, actually, we can't what can I unlearn? What did I learn from that? What yeah. can I unlearn? How yeah. can I become a better person? How can I develop myself? I focused on me, and by yeah. doing that, I've excelled. And again, I didn't let my dyslexia hold me back. I didn't let anything you wrote, hold me back. You wrote a whole book. A whole book. Yeah, and then you know what? You've given me, like you've people like me who are dyslexic, that you know what? You can do it. Do you know, and that's the thing. And you're giving that belief and that confidence. Yeah, you and know? you know, and it's not just that, you know, yeah, I agree with what you're saying there. Because even when I'm going to schools and kids are like, oh my God, you're doing this as a career. Wow, yeah. what you do? Yeah. And you do, you've written a book. Wow, have you done that? But do you know what? I just did it because I was at my lowest point. I had someone keep reminding me of all my bad in me. Yeah. Like saying that they were using my dyslexia. You know, they were using everything they could against me about Every my character yeah, yeah, to yeah. break me. Yeah. And I, if anything, the more you were pushing and saying those horrible things to me, yeah. the more I thought, Made I'm going to turn them around yeah, yeah. against you. And I want to yeah. see how you're going to manage that. Yeah. And I turned my whole situation around today where I am. And, and it's the best version of and myself. The best version of myself. Yeah. The people I hang out with, the people, you know, even the friends I hang out with and people that I, you know, like, matter who who my friends are long term I've known them short term I've yeah. known them or people I've connected through the, the, yeah. these platforms yeah. we sit and discuss ideas we haven't got time to gossip exactly and that's what it comes down to it literally comes down to that like people I haven't got insecure. time for it no 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 I haven't got time for it I'd no, rather no, be no. growing and evolving yeah. and impacting someone's journey than be sitting there and gossip. don't have that headspace and society's no. always going to talk about you so the more you realize that your self-worth is within yourself focus on you yes. not anybody outside yes you will get far in life yeah and you've obviously recognized that through covid where you've focused on your fitness your podcast things are growing for you you're connecting with people that are more i've connected with you. within a small period of time since october because i told you i started yeah i've connected with so many people i went out to dubai and yeah. and, and connected with and i done podcasts with them and yeah. i would never think that and not just that it's not even you know, you've said we have our common friends to beat yeah, yeah yeah and we, yeah. again you were saying about how you weren't your true self at work and yeah. you've had to change yourself again you've gone from that to where you are today that connecting with genuine people that are connecting you further and pushing you towards your passion exactly even more that i'm enjoying it so much yeah basically yeah so so yeah i think i just do you know what i wish is that especially girls in our community take on the advice that you've given yeah and but they don't and again it, it goes back to they rely on obviously like being in the marriage and stuff and the thing is no one's saying oh we're, we're not going to get married or we're not going to have kids no one's saying that all i'm saying is that work on yourself so much that even if something does happen obviously we're going to be upset and down and stuff but you could you'll be able to get back up do you know what i'm going to say to parents as well bring up your boys and sons and daughters yeah to be 
financially independent first of all thank you yeah yeah by doing that that's half <laughs> like we just said when they're saying that they should running away well i haven't got the finance to run away <laughs> so you mean, bring your daughters up financially independent first of all so that then they've got that still makes me think, laugh you know what that is it, it's basically if they're financially independent they've got choices that's what they're scared, they're yes. scared of yeah and yeah, yeah. the thing is that's one of the things i learned once i came out of my marriage i made sure i lined up all my finances to the yeah. point where i am financially independent today yeah. i'm in a great space i take full responsibility for myself and yeah. I don't weigh on anyone I don't ask anyone for anything because yeah. I know where I am today and I focused on myself you you, you can do everything yourself and bring yeah. their self-esteem their confidence and them up as decent humankind human beings yes. that actually know their self-worth within themselves that they're not going out looking for it or even pleasing it through a partner yeah exactly because a lot of people do get married to thinking that person's going to fix them no one's there to fix no you gonna, you're meant no to come together as two healthy people exactly. that'll grow the next generation that's going to be healthy exactly. otherwise you're getting with someone and you're having the next generation you're pushing your insecurities your trauma onto the next generation exactly. you're bringing the up a dysfunction yeah. future generation yeah who needs healing again so what are you doing to make a change and my you know, question to the audience would be, think about your behaviors. What can you do? It can be the most simplest, small change of, let's say, you've been taught in your household to leave the dishes for the women to pick up. If anything, yeah, how about yeah. you just take your dishes to the sink? To the sink, because you're gonna so get up think anyway. Think about your own behaviors. <laughs> what can you do in the most simplest yeah. change? Nothing dramatic, the simplest change. You can bring about those small changes you've contributed. Thank you. Do you know? Okay. Yeah. Thank you for having no, me. Seriously, Bija, this is one of, I think this is one of the one of the best talks. Thank you. Even Bija. though we're so exhausted, and this is quite late at the moment, it's eleven o'clock. <laughs> but going back to what you said, I think the world needs to improve, and not prove themselves. Yeah. Because the minute that you keep improving, In people are going to see that. Yeah, it's going to come through. Actually, it's going to come through the person that you are, and you know, like, just like the perception that you know someone has of you. And I realized that, so that's why I just put my head down from lockdown and I just continued, continued, continued and worked on myself. And I think... Can I say something? Yeah. And if you continue like this, you'll attract the right person yeah. who will support your vision and your dreams. Yeah. And I want <laughs> you to know that because, talking from experience, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, you could come across the right person who will yeah. push and encourage you. And that's May what that I want. be through yeah. your family, through your friends, through your partner. Yes. It yeah. will happen. Yeah. But just keep pursuing you. Yeah, and that's that's what I've been doing. And you know, I get I get like comments and stuff about being married and stuff like that. And I said, but how can you just marry anyone? I can get up tomorrow and and I get rich. Anyone stuff. can get married. Let me tell you something. Yeah. My mom, my mom, <laughs> I'm gonna use this. Rani de kuri da ho gaya. So I was like, bloody hell, Rani's daughter met this dude in two weeks and got married. And, and she got married. Yeah. And she kept, so we had that uh, joke going on in our family. Rani yeah. yeah. So anyway, and I was like, I need to meet a guy and just get married in two weeks. But the thing yeah. is. People don't realise when you've got to live with them, it's a different story. It's a whole different book, yeah. You don't know them. You, you start and we're them. not our parents' generation and we can't no. live for them. You've got to live for yourself. You have to live for yourself, yeah. And it's sad because obviously we love our parents, we love our like grandparents and you know, we do anything for them. But the thing is like we have to we have to be content as well. Yeah. We can't be we can't be just going on just We're like, also you know, Puja, an extension of their values. We're not yeah. their values. That's yeah. another thing a lot yeah. of people get mixed up here where they think That's actually a good way to perceive it. Yeah. We're an extension of their values that we actually put our own values in with the values they've given us. Yeah. We're never their true values. And I think yeah. it's sad when people think they're a yeah, but that I've got to live those values. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, we don't. We you yeah. take away the ones you prefer and that yeah. are healthy to you as a human being and exactly. move forward from there. And that fits in like 
our surroundings and, yeah. and, and whatnot as well. Yeah. Because some, some values don't even make sense. No. <laughs> some of the things don't make sense, no. isn't it? So no, you're right. But I think, yeah, I think we have to wrap up now because yeah. <laughs> we have to. But thank you so much, no, Susie. I really, really appreciate it. I'm so, I'm so happy that I met Sabita and <laughs> Sabita met you and that we, could, we got together and done this Connected. podcast. But before we sort of wrap up today, we're going to quickly, quickly, which is hopefully not take too long, do rapid fire questions. Quickly, go on then. Yep. Okay, so what should you prefer, pie or cake? Pie. Pie, okay. Um, movies or series? Movies. Okay, fair, that's, okay, fair play. Um, what would you wear, watch or necklace? Ooh, um, watch or necklace? A necklace. Necklace, okay. What is your dream car? Ooh, okay, I'm a vintage girl, so okay. I love old school cars. Nice, nice, um, nice. So for me, it would be an old school Mini. Oh, One of those nice. old school old Minis, school ones. or okay. a Beetle. Nice, okay. I can imagine that, it would suit you. Yeah, yeah. some an old okay. school car. Okay, that'd be nice. Uh, do you have any tattoos? I do. I yeah. have a lotus. So I oh, have nice. the one tattoo and it's a lotus and that's it. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Albert. you. Thank you so much.